Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. Joining us on today's show is ICR's CEO, Dr. Henry Morris III. He'll continue his five-part series on five reasons to believe in recent creation. Science is based on observation and experimentation. Have scientists ever observed a beneficial mutation? Although many experiments have attempted to duplicate some form of evolutionary change, no one has ever come close to evolving anything in the laboratory. Stay tuned for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation as Dr. Morris explains how and why science does not observe evolution happening today. Here's Dr. Morris. Anyone with a basic education, or for that matter, even access to television, knows that science is based on observation and experimentation. Scientists in every discipline follow the rules of the famous scientific method when investigating any kind of phenomenon and acquiring new knowledge. Simply put, a hypothesis, that is an educated guess, is formed and then based on observation or prediction, it's then tested and the results are analyzed. If the test results repeatedly verify what was anticipated by the hypothesis, then the scientific method is said to have proven the theory. When we look at the biblical data, we don't see anything about evolution, but Here's the point. From observational science, there just is absolutely no evidence that evolution happens today. Evolution is not taking place. Remember, science is observation and experimentation. We observe, we hypothesize, we test, we verify, we reproduce, we verify again. Simply, the process is test, reproduce, and falsify. That means I need to know enough about it to where I can see if I'm wrong or not. Historical forensic science, like the detective, looks at the clues that are left and tries to apply basic knowledge on the possible cause of something. When you go back to origins, it's really what you're trying to do because nobody was there, nobody observed it happening. So when a scientist tries to understand the the process of origins, the process of things coming into existence, we, we have to deal with knowledge that we can test, really, in the present. What we can see in the present makes us understand a little bit about what may have happened in the past. Experimental science is the pure sciences like physics and chemistry and biology, etc. The evidence must be observable and measurable, and the experiment itself must be repeatable. In the applied sciences, like engineering and medicine and pharmacology, the testing is more rigorous since unknown information may well result in the kind of failure that would do great damage. Many scientists would insist that to be satisfactorily proven, the hypothesis must be falsified as well. That standard, 
which, by the way, is demanded in courts of law wherever scientific evidence is used in a case, simply means that one must understand the processes and procedures used in the testing of the theory so well that the wrong answer must also be known. The scientist must understand the information so thoroughly that he would know what would disprove his theory. This level of rigor is applied by most experimental science today. Now, adapted or directed change is not evolution. Although many experiments have attempted to duplicate some form of evolutionary change, that is, from a lower form of life to a higher form, or from a mixture of chemicals to some sort of reproducing life form, no one has ever come close to evolving anything in the laboratory. Certain kinds of change can be replicated, such as mutations, which have often produced hideous results in various creatures, but the most brilliant scientists using the most expensive and adaptive equipment cannot possibly transform a lower form of life into a higher form. And yet evolutionary scientists and philosophers strongly believe this to be possible. They insist that since we can see adaptive, that is, horizontal change among living things, such as big dogs and little dogs, there must be evolutionary vertical change among living things over long periods of time, such as some common ancestor developing both dogs and cats. Nothing like that is observed in the presence. Scientists believe in selective breeding, making some pretty severe changes to shapes and forms of animals, but that kind of scientific manipulation is not evolution. Evolution demands randomness and lack of purpose and lack of focus. Nothing changes from one kind of creature into another kind. Finch do not become woodpeckers or fish become amphibians. We're going to talk more about this after the break. There's a lot of evidence out there. Science is a good friend to the creationist. The science, observable, experimentable, testable science, supports the creation model of Genesis chapter 1 and not evolution. What happened to the dinosaurs? Are monkeys and people the same? Why do we live on Earth and not some other planet? Kids have some great questions about God's creation, but do you have the answers for them? At the Institute for Creation Research, our scientists and Bible scholars have produced The Guide to Creation Basics. This book contains full-colored images and fascinating commentary from experts in biology, geology, astronomy, and biblical study. Guide to Creation Basics can help teach your children how the animals could fit on Noah's Ark, how dinosaurs and humans could live at the same time, and how God's power and wisdom can be seen in something as small as a single cell. Find basic answers to your child's biggest creation questions. Order your copy of Guide to Creation Basics from the Institute for Creation Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting www.icr.org. This is Dr. Henry Morris. We've been talking about the evidence for a recent creation. One of the interesting things about science is that it really does support the creation story given in Genesis chapter 1. The evidence that what we observe and what we can test and what we experiment with 
doesn't show animals changing from one kind to, to another. As I mentioned, finch do not become woodpeckers or fish become amphibians. There are no finch checkers or fishibians. Some common ancestor does not produce dogs and cats. There are no cogs, no dats. Natural selection conserves. It does not innovate. Mutations to the DNA are overwhelmingly negative. They're not helpful. Those that don't kill are either selected out or ignored. No one observes evolution taking place. No one. It just simply does not happen. The false reasoning, since there's evidence of small changes, horizontals, that is big dogs, little dogs, that those little changes produce big changes over time, just simply is not observable. Nothing like that is observed in the present. Scientists have, through selective breeding, made some pretty severe changes to shapes and sizes of animals. For instance, there are over 450 breeds of dogs, everything from a tiny chihuahua to the enormous Great Dane and the Afghan wolfhound. But they're still dogs. Never one has any of these dogs ever changed into a horse or a pig. The same can be said for cats. Although the Cat Fanciers Association recognizes only 39 breeds of cats, all of the various sizes, shapes, and colors are still cats. Change among the kinds of creatures can happen or be made to happen, but those changes are always, always observed to remain within very specific and defined limits. Ever since humanity has been able to study these issues, there's never been a change from one kind of animal to another. Evolutionary theory insists that somewhere back in the unobserved past, a common ancestor to both dogs and cats, possibly a small meat-eating animal called a creodont, began to evolve over time into the different kinds of animals that we now recognize as dogs and cats. However, there's no evidence for such changes, not in the present, certainly and not in the fossil record. There are no cogs or dats anywhere. Finches, for example, may display variations in beak sizes in isolated population groups, as in Darwin's Galapagos Islands. However, the finches do not become woodpeckers, nor do fish become amphibians. There are no finch checkers, there are no fishibians. Modern science observes absolutely no upward evolution taking place today anywhere. Natural selection is a conservative process. Natural selection is a process whereby natural environments tend to cull the least fit from the populations. Natural selection, as it has been observed, conserves. It preserves and protects a species. It does not innovate. Natural selection only selects from among what already exists. By itself, it does not add genetic information. Natural selection does not, indeed, cannot weed out the weaker or deformed creatures but it has never been observed to create a new kind. Never. Mutations to the DNA, on the other hand, do change the genetic information. Mutations disrupt the code and cause changes to the life-building processes. Most mutations are accidents in the highly complex and vast information instructions of the genome, and most mutations are so small that their effect is a virtually unremarkable. Those mutations, however, that impact the genetic information to the point that they make an observable change are overwhelmingly negative. 
they're not beneficial. The unusual creatures that do reach live birth with those observable mutations either die before maturity or are ignored by the rest of the population and do not reproduce. Natural selection preserves or conserves but does not eliminate the mistakes. We're going to be talking more about this in the time to come. We'll be talking about how the evidence of the past simply doesn't prove evolution either. This is Dr. Morris. I'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org.